Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Pleasure Priority Podcast with me, Amber Taylor. This is the podcast all about how you can have the audacity to put yourself and your pleasure first, which ultimately shapes a life perfect for you. We discuss friends and family, career and money, oppression, healing, and mental health, current events, and historical ones too. Basically, all things life and pleasure and how you can create more of it authentically. I'm your host, Amber Taylor, and it's my pleasure to talk to you every week. Let's tune in. Hello, 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 my friends. First of all, did you hear that new jingle? Isn't it cute? I got a new podcast manager and she has been killing it. And I just want to celebrate that. So shout out to you, Colette. This is cool. We up leveled (laughs) y'all. But just getting into the episode this week, I have been involved in the coaching community and have a lot of different organizations and groups and masterminds that I'm involved in. And in that, we share a lot of peer coaching. And the feedback I've gotten from that, in addition from my own clients, is I'll be in your ass. Like, I'd be sticking my whole foot in your ass with love. So one of my uh, programs has lovingly dubbed me or sessions with me ass kickings by Amber. And I prefer to think of it as bursting bubbles of my clients, of my peers, of my friends or whatever, but basically popping your limitations of your current reality so you can expand into the limitless options available to you. That process isn't always pleasant. Like sometimes it's like a rude awakening. Sometimes it's a bursted bubble or it's an ass kicking, but always, always, always it's done from a place of love and for you to get to the next evolution of your highest self or for the betterment of yourself. But with that, this episode is all about bursting bubbles. So I'm talking about things that I've noticed a lot lately in my own coaching, in my clients' coaching, in my peers' coaching, in all of it. So that's what we're talking about today. (laughs) First thing on the docket is the idea of forever and that if something lasts forever, then that means it's successful. And the real truth is that nothing is supposed to last forever. Granted, nothing really does. And we have this expectation that our relationships, our businesses, our the status quo of just like how we do things or even like going to the gym and being able to run a certain number of miles or lift a certain amount of weight. And then that changes. And then we think like something's wrong When in reality, change is just a part of it. And if we don't have the expectation of change, if we just assume that things will stay the same forever, then we become so rigid in our thinking and the way that we do things because 
we're not allowing for the ebb and flow. We're not allowing for the newness. We're not allowing for the recreation because we're stuck believing that the way things once were is the way that they should always be. And yeah, when things change, like sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, just like life. But when you hold so tightly to something being permanent, something being forever, you don't even give yourself an opportunity to see how the change can be beneficial to you. And honestly, impermanence is a gift. Like the fact that things don't like last forever not only applies to the good times, but it also applies to the bad times too. When you're going through something really traumatic or scary or just unwarranted, like you get to find solace in the knowledge that it doesn't last forever. You have the ability to change things and things also have the ability to change on their own. And once you kind of accept that as an inherent truth, you're able to move in the world a lot more freely, openly, and have a lot more options for for growth in a less tense way or in a way without tension. So next on that list is that you're not supposed to be happy or feel good 100% of the time. Society has sold us this dream that if we're not happy, if we're not smiling, if we don't love to wake up every day, then something's wrong. When in reality, that's just part of life. There is no escaping the human experience as long as you are human. So as long as you are alive in this realm of existence, you will not feel good 100% of the time and you are not supposed to. Like, for example, this came up for one of my clients in a vacation, like the idea that vacations are supposed to be perfect. And when you go on vacation, everything's perfect and you don't fight and everything makes sense and everything just falls in line and nobody forgets anything and nobody has a bad day. And if a vacation doesn't go like that, then it's not a vacation. But the thing is like, a vacation isn't a break from your life. You can't really break from your life. It follows you. It's yours. So it's going to go wherever you go. When you go on vacation, your life comes with you. So even understanding that when I do life in a different place or in a different setting or with different people, it's still life and it's still 50-50. There's this misconception that thought work teaches you how to be happy all the time or teaches you how to be happy with things that you aren't happy with or that kind of suck, which it can, but the real point of thought work, at least in the way that I do it and I do it with my clients, is that it teaches you how to still embrace life and do what you want to, even when you're not happy or excited or motivated or the other emotions that get like the best rap or the best idea of them doing things good in your life. Thought work teaches you how to really be present in your life so that even when you experience the full spectrum of emotion, 
of the human experience that you don't stop living, that you still can be who you want to be, have what you want to have, do what you want to do while life is lifing. And ultimately, when you approach that work in this way, it does lead to more sustained periods of happiness. Not to say that you will always be happy, but your highs and lows won't be so drastic and so few and far between. It normalizes the ambiguity and the fluctuation of life. So again, if you're not happy 100% of the time, welcome to the human experience. That's how it works. Okay. And another one that's been frequent in my coaching is the morality that we attach to action. Like if we do certain things, then we're a good person. Or if we do certain things, then we're a bad person or less worthy, all because of what we decide to do or not do. But actions themselves are neutral. What makes them different or what gives credence to those actions is the emotion that you do them from. So if you are, I don't know, complimenting people because you genuinely like their shoes or their hair or whatever about them, that's different than complimenting people with the expectation that, oh, if I compliment them, then they'll compliment me. Then I get to feel good about myself because somebody else values me, which is backwards and manipulative. It has like an ulterior motive, which again, there isn't like a good or bad here. It's just, what are you doing? And what emotion are you acting from? So compliments themselves, of course, not inherently good or bad, but how you are giving those compliments and how you are talking to other people and yourself with an expectation of it coming back in a certain way, that's when things start to get sticky because then you're trying to control other people and their actions and their reactions to you instead of allowing the experience to be authentic. And this is where like people pleasing comes in and being nice for niceness sake or not even niceness sake, but like the idea that nicer people are better people or good people or morally higher people or whatever the case may be instead of doing it because you actually want to. So people pleasing is never a viable sustained solution. I know we do it a lot and we're taught to do it a lot, but it's not us doing something because it genuinely pleases us. It's more of a fear response in us doing it because we think that it will protect us in some way or it will give us a desired result or it will do something for us that we're either not willing to do for ourselves or not willing to ask for ourselves or receive for ourselves. So it's like this buffer to manipulate situations in order to get certain things to happen for you. So be cognizant of where you are people pleasing just to like make yourself feel good for doing a thing that you think is good versus doing the things that you actually want to do and accepting the societal consequences and even your own internal consequences 
of those actions. And again, consequences can be good or bad. There really is no, there's no morality attached to them. So in addition to this, there's like, even if you do act as a quote unquote good person, you do all the right things and what people consider people pleasing, you just consider part of your actions. I really want you to ask yourself, why are you doing this? If it's not what you genuinely want to do, because there's no running list of gold stars or good deeds kept by the cosmos. You don't get anything except the ability to believe that you're a good person. When you get to believe that regardless of what you do or don't do. So when you people please, when you attach morality to action, you're really just playing into a set of behaviors deemed worthy in one version of societal standards. There is so much more than the capitalistic, patriarchal, Eurocentric view that we have in Westernized society that opens up so many possibilities and ways of living and ways of doing things and ways of communicating and being in community outside of the norm. So really, truly allow yourself to explore that and what's explore what's good for you instead of the idolized or mainstreamed, sterilized versions of good things, good people, and morality attached to action. Yeah. So again, what you do or don't do is neutral. And what really matters is the emotion that you're doing it from. Next on the list, having a mental or physical illness or disability does not define you. It is a part of you, but it isn't the entire thing. So for example, if you have depression or anxiety or anything like that. It is a feature, not a function. It is a part of you. It is something to work with, not against. You are a complex human being. There's so much that goes into you outside of a disability or an issue or something that somebody else has deemed less worthy than quote unquote neuronormal or ableist or the very mainstream versions of what a quote unquote normal person is. So reminding yourself that these things don't make you who you are you make who you are. And ultimately they're just pieces of the puzzle and you still get to decide who you are, what you do, how you show up in the world, no matter what certain puzzle pieces you have, you still get to make the picture. Okay. And moving right along, we are on to money talk and it's never about the money. Anytime you think or you hear like, oh, I can't afford that, I can't do that, or I don't have the money for it, or it just won't work, or whatever, a very small percent of the time, that's actually true. 
most of the time, it's never actually about the money because money is in itself a made up concept. It's ultimately just an energy. It's a conduit for more. And all it really does is highlight your existing belief patterns. So recently I was on a consult and I was talking to a woman who had gone through unemployment. And because of that experience and some of her experiences that she had growing up in relation to money, she had a very, very scarce mindset around money. So I got a penny pinch. I can't go out to eat. I have to do this. I have to do it like this. I have to have this certain number in my savings account because then that means safety. If some kind of catastrophe happens, then like I'll be okay. And really she was just using money as an illusion of her own safety. Like a certain number means this because when she was unemployed, she never missed a bill. She always found the money. She always found a way. Anytime something unexpected came up, she was able to handle it. Instead of looking at that evidence of how she always had enough, she always had more than enough. She always could cover her bills. She always had a roof over her head. She was always taken care of. She defaulted into the scarcity thinking because that's what her brain was used to doing. So the part of her brain that keeps her safe was acting in overdrive, primarily because she gave it the mic more. She listened to that part of herself, even though she knew it was holding her back. So not only in money, but in other aspects of her life, it'd be like, oh no, don't do that. You're not ready. That's a bad idea. You can't handle it. You won't be able to sustain it. It's just not going to work. Like that voice in her head, feeding her those thoughts is what she ultimately listened to instead of the actual money that she had, instead of the actual evidence that no matter what the number in her bank account was, no matter if she had a job or not, she always had more than enough. She was always taken care of and she always had her own back. So money for her was really just highlighting where she gives credence to that voice instead of her own abilities and capabilities. In summation, it's never actually about the money. And then continued on with that, debt is an illusion. Money is made up anyway, so debt is also made up. And it's like the illusion of owing what you don't have and the belief that because you don't have something right now in this plane of existence, that means you can never have it or never pay it back or it's super hard or whatever the case may be. So debt is opportunity. It's the ability to spread yourself and be responsible for more than you currently have. And 
when we look at debt in different communities, it has very different connotations. So for most working class people, debt is looked at as a very bad thing. If you have debt, then are irresponsible, you can't afford things, you don't have money, you can't be trusted, all these different types of very bad things. When in other communities like businesses, startups, corporations, things of that nature, think people who are used to having money and watching it ebb and flow, debt is considered very, very different. It's considered assistance, a startup the ability to have more. And based on the community that you come from and the connotation that you have towards debt really changes how you're able to look at and have money. So I like to think of debt as an expansion of what you are currently available to hold and receive in terms of having money. So when we take on debt, we're extending ourselves past what we can currently afford. We are acclimating to a version of ourselves who has more, who is responsible for more and is able to do more. So in my eyes, When someone is afraid of taking on debt, they're not necessarily afraid of the actual money or the actual dollar amount or even paying that back. They're more afraid of the expansion into the person that has that much money, regardless of debt or not. And so when you're afraid of the expansion, when you're afraid of your own expansion, when you're afraid of coming up on your own limits, you stay stuck. And that's how you don't utilize debt to take on new opportunities, or you don't do what you actually want to do because you think you can't currently afford it in this realm, in this plane. When you just actually embrace it and take it on and know that you are expanding not only how you spend money, but how you see yourself, you approach debt differently. So instead of a drag or a burden, it's a conduit. It's a gateway. It's an opportunity for more. Debt is neutral and it does not have to be a bad thing. But continuing on with made up shit, we are moving on to time. Yes, time is made up. Scientists have already proven that everything ever from the beginning of time to the end is happening simultaneously. We only just experience it in the present moment that we do. Even thinking about this podcast recording, I am recording it on a Wednesday. I'll release it on a Friday in the future. People have the opportunity to listen it at any point in time. 
Some people will listen to it the day it comes out. Some people will listen to it a year from now or two years from now or whenever. Some people will listen to it multiple times. And each time I am currently here sitting and recording and sharing my thoughts and ideas in this one version of time. However, everyone experiencing it is experiencing it in a different version of time in relation to where they are at in their own present experience, which is wild, kind of a mindfuck. But in regards to time and timing, and I should be in a different place than I am right now, and this should happen in this time and blah, blah, blah. All that shit is made up. Time doesn't make you better or more experienced. It doesn't mean anything about you based on the experience that you have in relation to how much has passed. It's like, it's just a thing. And in addition to money and debt, time is something that we made up in order to better understand the world that we live in and how we move through it. And that works for some people, but it doesn't work for everyone. So instead of thinking like something is wrong with you because time or you don't operate within time in the traditional linear sense, cool. You get to abandon it. You get to believe in whatever reality that you want to, because again, this shit's made up just because it's widely accepted doesn't mean it's the truth, the only truth, or better than any other truth. So play around with it. See if thinking about time differently changes things for you. And then the last point that I want to make is around your wholeness, your completeness, your worthiness. Nothing outside of yourself makes you more whole or complete, or worthy. Not money, not a relationship, not a status, not a certain level of visibility, not accolades, nothing. Your worth is inherent, and you can't do anything to add to it or subtract it from it. Nothing can make you more or less worthy because you're worthy simply because you exist. Same thing with your wholeness. It is a constant. No matter what you do or don't do, no matter what you add or take away from your life, you are always a whole and complete person. So that may have been intense for some people. Listen to it as many times as you need to. But remember that Everything is made up and everything we tell ourselves, everything that lives in our head is ultimately a story based on the facts, the realities that we live in. And if we ever find ourselves up against a story, we can change it. We can create a reality that works for us. And one of the most important parts of it is the awareness that some of the things that we think are constant, some of the things that we hold true aren't. 
And even just opening up to the idea that when your bubble is burst, when the idea of the reality that you were operating in, which was smaller than you really had any idea of, when that bubble pops, you get to open up into so much more expansion and ideas and opportunities. You get to break free from your limitations simply because you see things differently. So I'd love to offer if you have any of these ideas that you'd like to work on more deeply or even some that I did not cover on the call, or if you just personally like to get your own bubbles pop relevant to you and your own life, I do have spots open in my one-on-one coaching program. And I'd love to meet with you to see if we'd be a great fit to work together. So you can find that information in the show notes. And outside of that, I'll see you next week. Have a great one. Talk soon, y'all. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Pleasure Priority Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If it's your pleasure, check me out on Instagram at Amber Taylor Coaching and my website, www.ambertaylorcoaching.com for more on increasing your pleasure across all aspects of life. As always, make sure to follow the show and check back each week for a new episode. I'd also love it if you'd leave an honest rating and review. And if you'd share the show with anyone else you think would benefit. Much love. Talk soon, friends.